1: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles.
2: Alle King-deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Woo! Good afternoon and welcome to monday's Royal Blue podcast. Um, we're going to try and get together more often at the start of the week after a game... to uh, ...in our own humble version of Monday Night Football to put our heads together... And uh, reflect on, review, pull apart the Everton game that's just gone. Uh, it's Greg O'Keefe, the Everton editor, joined by the Everton correspondent at the Echo, Phil Kirkbride, the Gareth Barry, as ever, of our podcast, Big Gav Buckland. And he might not head the ball like Jamie Carragher but he is ahead the ball. <laughs> <laughs> our very own Tony Scott. Um, so we'll start with you because uh, you were there on Friday night and um, it was the cliched Taylor two halves, wasn't it? We, we can't seem to put together one cohesive 90-minute performance,
3: yeah? Yeah, it's, it's been similar to what we've seen so far this season, but we were back to, back to at least having a goal. We've seen some conviction in the first half, the tempo was there, everything, what we know, Everton are capable of, but we just didn't see it in the second half. One thing I'd like to get off my chest is that we we heard, and we all we all heard it, was the booze at the end, and I think Evertonians need to get some perspective into this, is that we've just witnessed two seasons... Of the worst football I've ever witnessed from watching Everton, we finished in the bottom half. Worst ever. Well, where? Go on, worst. Worst. At least the teams when we were when we were fighting relegation were actually having a go. The last two seasons it was being awful, but let's put this in perspective. This season we've got four wins from seven. We're sitting there in the top five. Why are people actually booing the team after this start? It's our second best ever start to a Premier League campaign. Now, what did they expect? We're above Chelsea, we're above Manchester United. Uh, now, where where did he see this team going? This is Koeman, he's hardly got his feet under the table. He's bought three or four players and we're getting booed off after finishing the top five into the first seven games. It just doesn't, I don't see the logic in it. We've got the second best defence in the league. Now, I, I just can't get my head around it. If someone who was listening, get in touch, He was booing the team, fine, get in touch and let me know what your recollection is of doing it? Because I just can't get my head round it at all.
0: I, I think it's probably worth stressing, obviously, it wasn't. You can't do a, a count. It, it was the minority in good. Yeah, it was
3: minority, so film, but that, they were still booing. Yeah,
0: no, I heard them. It, it, it felt half-hearted. I think it was more born. I'm guessing. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get into their heads. I think it was born out of frustration. It was a it was a frustrating second half. We never really got going. We conceded a goal. Probably could have conceded a second if, <laughs> if you know the Excellent assistant linesman, assistant refereeing. Sorry, yeah, I totally agree with you, Tony. I don't think it was necessary, but I also wasn't kind of reading too much into it. I think it's the best way of putting it. But you're right. I, I don't. I don't understand why those people did, but I, it, you know, the the majority wouldn't have done.
3: So the fans that are that's did boo, what do they expect hmm. Evans? Where do they expect Evans to be top of the league? Or I think you, I think it was um, again. I'm trying to get into yeah. their heads. I think
0: it was a, a sense of we've started the season very well. We had a little we had a little setback with the Norwich game, and then obviously Bournemouth. I think we were expecting a reaction. I think I think we've probably gone in. A lot of us have gone in thinking, well, we should be beating Palace at home. It's mm-hmm. Friday night. You know, we want to we want to start the weekend with a win. We felt it felt like an opportunity, and we spoke about it last week. I think there's this kind of. In the background, it's City on October the fifteenth lurking, and I think people are thinking, "Well, we need to get points under the board before mm. we start playing the big boys." Yeah, I agree with you. I don't understand why those people did it, but I think it was more. I think it, it felt half-hearted, and I wasn't. It wasn't the thing I was going away from Goodison thinking about.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Uh, he found out that Tony wasn't going for a drink after the game. Well, so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with the with the the podcast crew. Do you think someone was it for the referee? Or is it, uh, it both? Just, maybe. It of both yeah. I think it's just an accumulation of three games where we scored one goal no one from 3k. Hmm. Uh, so if we haven't scored in three games open play. And I think it's an accumulation of that. And well, can was, we need to realise where we are know What do they I, expect? People are entitled to be if you're paying 40, 50 quid. For the, you know, they are entitled to, to, to voice whatever it's been. I'm always in that, 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 that sort of position when people do it. Um, I think it was just frustrating after the end of the ninety minutes, where you started off reasonably okay and then have tails off. If you do it the other way, it doesn't tend to happen, does it? Uh, yeah. But we just we started off well, as you say, told plenty of intensity. Mm-hmm. The second half, I think we lost our shape a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe the subs came on a little bit too late. I think we didn't use three subs either; did we only use two on uh, two on Friday? Right, yeah. um, I think it was that. Plus, I mean, Palace—you uh, know—over the last four seasons, they probably mm-hmm. be. You know maybe one or two of our most difficult opponents at Goodison yeah is that they always seem to raise the game they're, they're always difficult to play against you've got a stress on the break the big the powerful uh we don't seem to be able to work with them out at all um and again we were probably luckiest just to you know to get a point um and I think um you know we need to 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 remember that because one all against palace we said on Friday is probably as long as you don't avoid defeat, you know we probably take it. Uh, and but I I I, I hear people's right to be, I can understand why they did, but I know what you're saying as well. That what are we, 14 points from 17?
0: Is this a case of uh, the uh,
3: expectation levels being
0: risen? Yeah, I think I think I think expectation levels have shot up. I think they'd gone up when the manager came in, but then the start we had, they've they've yeah. perhaps wrongly. Yeah. But you can't blame anybody for getting excited and carried away and enthusiastic about the football team. But perhaps they have gone too high. And I, and I wrote about it. And even the manager said before, and in his programme notes, that he's a realist and it's all about realism. We're very much this work in progress. And I think that game kind of exemplified it. But look, I, I don't know. And, and look, there was times during. Certainly, before it reached the real low points of Roberto's era where people were booing, and I didn't agree with it. But I actually am beginning to wonder, and Gav might be a little bit better, better place to talk about. But I, I think booing has almost become something it wasn't 30 years ago. If, if 30 years ago, probably, if, if, a t- if a crowd booed, that was it. That was the mm. end of the manager, and that, you know, kind yeah. of lost them. It's almost become. As much as singing a song, now. Yeah. Greg.
3: Sorry, is this a generation of football fans in general, not just Evertonians, that they want the quick fix, straight away? Yeah. They don't. Yes. They are not going to have onesie feet. It. That's they just they want they want the title tomorrow, basically.
2: I think so. Yeah, I think as Phil Phil was saying there, um, a boo isn't as as damning, if you like, as it would have been ten years ago, or, or certainly further back than that. It is the, in fact, on Friday night football, you know, one they kind of signifiers of the new Premier League era if you like, it was probably a little sign of the new Premier League fan. I'd be surprised if any of the older fans were were booing at the end because, as you say, you know they've seen a lot worse over the years uh, and more more recently they've seen certainly a lot more kind of insipid uh, patience, testing football. But I think what Gav said hit hit on, really, if if they'd started a bit sluggishly they'd got booed at Mm -hmm. half-time. And then if they'd finished the way they started in mm. the first half, then I think it would have been you know, quite a case of you know, the old lady rocking. But um, half-time boos never really rankle or, or make as much of an impact as full-time boos, especially when you're on TV. I don't know if the camera's picked it up, because obviously we were all yeah. there at Goodison, weren't we? But uh, you know if it keeps Cumin and, and the players honest and keep their mind focused and lets them know maybe the expectancy levels of what's what's required at Goodison, and it's no bad thing. I don't like it when, for example, it's individual younger players getting targeted. We've had in the past with Ross Barkley, you know, where people have caught on his back. Uh, it hasn't happened much this season, if at all, actually, so to the credit of the supporters. I've got no time for that. But, general, uh, you know, as Gav says, smattering a booze, the way they finished, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it myself when I was you know, before yeah. I was a, a sports journalist when I was just there, yeah. I don't think I would have booed that performance off, but I have booed, yeah. believe me, I, I've booed a lot of Goodison yeah. part. and uh, I would boo again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think, going back to Phil's point, um, about some sort of historical stuff, I mean, this was Ferguson's point, wasn't it, about football supporters living in the social media age, you. you want instant mm-hmm. gratification, vacation, instant success and stuff, and therefore people have got less patience, so I think, I think... I think that's one of the reasons, isn't it? It's just a reflection of modern life. Um, going back to years ago, I mean, I see the far worse performances than that. That, that way and um, I think I think it probably goes back to um, pricing again. Years ago, for the team it was rubbish. You paid two pound fifty for a stand ticket. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> like sort of. You, you probably got lower expectations. You paid forty pounds for the stand ticket. Mm. Now it's it sort of a different perspective on things to, to to a degree but i do think it is down to people want a bit more instant success and we all know social media and internet and all that and whatever virtual communities whatever they're called um contribute towards that um but i i can understand it but i don't i didn't agree with it
2: i blame podcasts moving on <laughs> moving on to the matters on the pitch um phil Martin saint had a brilliant start in many ways to life as Everton's number one, as he is. Um, he certainly had the, the most kind of, in terms of his own confidence, the biggest underlining of what Koeman th- thought of him when he bypassed the chance, albeit very expensively, to sign uh, Joe Hart. He looked like it was a very shrewd decision. And then, pff, look, let's not be a knee-jerk, but there have been a couple of little signs in the last couple of games, um, particularly I thought on Friday night, that maybe he's looking a bit more like the stand-in goalie comes towards the end of his career that we thought we were getting rather than someone who's going to do an Nigel Martin if you like
0: yeah I, I think that everybody would reflect and, and Martin himself would reflect that he didn't cover himself in a great deal of glory for the goal now it depends which way you look at it I know, I've I've heard heard some people I think I think I think it was Alan Smith on Sky was doing the comms I can't remember I think he was he was trying to emphasise how good a hedger it was it was a great day. now. It, it was, you know, Bentancur is great in the air. Really, sort of turned his neck and got a lot of direction. Obviously, we we were disappointed in the fact that Stecklenburg didn't move. Now, I, th- I think I think he's misjudged it. I think he's, he thinks he's going wide. I think I think that's why he's kind of just watched it. Um, yeah, so I can understand why people have started um, looking at him and, and and sort of questioning. Did we get a little bit carried away with Stecklenburg? But I'd also point back to. Spurs in the open day of the season where he was excellent and saved as a point in the end with two cracking saves. Yes, at West Brom, he complained of a foul, but it caught, got caught under the ball for the goal. But in the build-up to the goal, he made a great save from Rondon one on one. In the second half, of the early about five minutes in, he makes a great save and keeps us in it. Um, and it's the it's the stuff that you can't quantify. the sort of the stuff that isn't sort of tangible. The effect he's having on the rest of the back four. Now. I'm sure Jagielka and Ashley Williams and Baines, when he's fit and Sheamus would say, if they were being brutally honest, the uncertainty over the last season's goalkeeping position, the changing and 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 the unease, especially at Goodison with him, would have an effect at some level, on on their performance and the feel of the team defensively. So, I think the fact that Kuman has has gone right, Steckenberg's my number one. He's he's a consistent character. He's he's composed. He's very assured of himself. You know he's made mistakes, but on the whole, I think he's been he's been something that we've needed. And let's just see how he goes. I, I certainly don't want to be just suddenly writing him off because I think he's he's made a, an encouraging and, and mostly positive start.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. i, I certainly agree about the effect on the defence. I think you can see it five goals in seven games, which is equals our Premier League lowest or best or whichever yeah. way you look at Second it. Second best defence in the league. Yeah, um, I think the more disappointing thing on Friday was the man. What happened to the ball before it went in? You yeah. know, the, the fact that we, we, we've we allowed a bit like, like two or three crosses to come in this season, maybe scored, haven't we? Uh, Spades, West Brom. Yeah.
2: Or, and, right, yeah. And Too you've, many.
1: Got, you've got a fellow who's traditionally very good in the air, being marked by probably maybe our smallest player. Yeah, You know, and should we be doing better there? Because he, he worked well, Benteke, didn't he? Because no, they knew what got, they were doing. Yeah, he got behind, he got behind Coleman, which if you'd been marked by a centre-half, we would probably know how to lead that run a bit more. So it was the manner of the goal, full stop, from start to finish. That was a, a disappointing thing for
3: me, not just uh, Stecklenburg's part I, in it. I think it was a concern for me, is that you could see what was happening, what Crystal Palace's plan was. They were getting those, you, Ashley Williams and um, Phil Jagielka, were probably out-muscling Benteke, so... It was clever, apart from Bentechi, to play on the, smallest, on the full-back because he was getting lots of joy of it. The thing that concerned me is that it was going on for far too long and until Cumin seen that, and then he brought Funes Mori on for Oviedo when he needed big lads at the back, I thought he should have done it a lot earlier than made that substitute because it was a concern. It I think it happened for the goalers where they, they disallowed goal. Mm. We just just and balls back to the back mm. post and Stecklenburg again was rooted. Mm. I think that was a concern yeah. for me is that he weren't just he didn't get away. He got away with the first one, fine, fair enough. He thought it was going wide. If not, it's got it's a goal. Make sure it doesn't happen again. But again, it happened when he just turns and he's rooted to the spot. I'm afraid that's not good enough. You've got to learn your lesson.
2: I know, I agree. I have to say that, you know, we were good value for a point, but that's probably a one in ten slice of fortune in the sense that the assistant referee has been that switched on that he's seen James MacArthur Open. try and go further because it was a fraction of a reaction from MacArthur yeah. Nine times out of ten that goal stands yeah. and we get beat two one. Mm. Nine so, times
0: out of ten does punching clear it off the line and does Martin
3: Kelly get back and clear the gaze I, off the line. I think yeah.
2: punching's clearance off the line was was pretty routine to be honest with you. It was a good header fight. The guy the
3: guy situation that should have been in the back of the net. It's
2: just the guy should have hit the back of the net. But I know what you I know what you mean, Phil. I just mean that really we've relied on a very rare bit of excellence, if you like, from a from an official and you can't afford to do that which is why just I brought up Stig Allenberg. For me, he was too static.
0: I don't... Sorry, just on that, On it was a really good decision by the assistant, but i also say I was genuinely disappointed in John Moss's performance. Um, I found him pedantic and I found that he didn't allow Everton. Now, there was a lot of things Everton didn't do right and blaming the referee is not you know, going to solve the problems, but I felt that he... he it concerned me that he was an official... He had the look of an official and, and made decisions on the night that says to me, if we're going to get him again this season, which we will do because we're actually yeah. scheduled to get John Moss anyway, he won't allow Everton to play as aggressively as Koeman wants him to. He was, for me, he was giving too much away, too many, um, too many free kicks in the favour of Palace based on Everton trying to be strong, trying to be aggressive, trying to be in Palace's face and it completely interrupted the play interrupted what they were trying to do. And it probably, in the back of the players' minds, they're probably thinking, well, the manager says we've got to be aggressive and be in the faces, but we're getting penalised all the time. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we should just hold off a yard. And it probably exacerbated the problem. Mm-hmm. Palace then went, oh, we've got these on the back foot, pinging balls, nobody's, cr- nobody's closing them down. So that, that disappointed me. And, you know, I know Roberto wasn't a fan of John Moss and he had run-ins with John and a few of the referees. And you kind of take it with a pinch of salt. And you think, well, maybe he's just blaming the refs. But I was, I was, I was slightly concerned by John Moss's performance. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I think we said after the game I think there was nine yellow cards on Friday, which is highest in the Premier League game, wasn't it? On uh, did you have him bet on that? Television? Yeah,
3: I think I did. Sorry, Gab. I, I did yeah. say at the start when Clattenburg was replaced, I had a look at John Moss's stats this season, and he was averaging five to six yellow cards per game. Which is a concern. Straight away, you're looking yeah. at it. he's coming in, with a, not with a point of prove as such, but he's coming in last minute. I'll show you who's in charge. And I think Crystal Palace backed up three yellow cards in the first half completely. So it wasn't just Evan. He, he was having a bad game overall, I thought. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only
1: tackle like, I can remember that was sort of borderline. That wasn't good. It was oh, I the last see, in the in second it, half, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? was that on Kelly, was it? I think, yeah, was it yeah, not yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying, so to come away from that with nine yellow cards, you're thinking there's obviously something. Gone wrong there a little bit where it wasn't that it was a it was a it was a wholehearted, good you know, energetic Premier League game. Yeah. But that was it, it's wasn't gonna, it?
0: Didn't it's going to be interesting to see we get for the City game on October fifteenth because obviously, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out ever now going to have much of the ball, but we're going to have to be solid and we're going to have to press to try and force the errors. And I just wonder whether. Who we get are they going to be is the referee going to be strong enough to allow us to be physical with City or you know, City aren't in the key areas, in the attacking areas aren't the most physically imposing team. Are we going to be is it a concern? Are, you know, we've been at City before and, and, and not had the rub of the green and that sort
3: of Everton thing. Everton are going to have to play the way the press and press City for 90 minutes, yeah. they've got no other way of doing it. And we've seen in this past week how much it works. Well, mm-hmm. You've seen Celtic do it for ninety minutes and they got results. And you've seen Spurs do it for ninety minutes and they got results. There's no other way of playing against them. So, you so would, if you let City play, you're finished.
0: So you wouldn't go uh, three the three five two. You know what we did at Old Trafford in season, yeah. You wouldn't do that and go try and break us down. No, okay. no way. I think
3: he's just a sitting talk because yeah. inevitably they will break you down. Yeah. If you press City, we've seen it this week. We witnessed it, and it shows you it does work. Mm. If you press City from start to finish, but well, you've got to do it for ninety minutes, as um, Pochettino said yesterday, Spurs, we had to yeah. wait. We had to do it. Yeah. There's no. If you set stop at eighty minutes, they'll get a chance and they'll score. Yeah. And that's what Guardiola said. If that's the way you have to beat us to work to that to ninety-five minutes, I'll take that because no, not many teams. Not many will. teams can do it. So that's what Everton are going to so, have to so, do. So that's
0: yeah. a real test of it is the start of the, the season seventy percent fit. Let's really see. And yeah, we'll we see. Are. Yeah. I think
2: yeah, that's that's the issue. I think for me is that you know Pochettino is absolutely rigorous uh, to the extreme in, it, in what he demands of his fitness uh, levels from his players. Kuman's only had what since when he came in to try and get them where he wants with Jan Klutenberg and, and his brother Erwin. And like Phil says, maybe they were 70 at the start of the season. Are they there yet? No. It doesn't look like it to me because they're only putting in one. I I fear, we'll talk about this on a yeah. later podcast, that the City game might be coming too soon. I haven't seen any signs yet that Everton are ready to go to the Etihad and get a result I'm being honest yeah. I, I don't want to be pessimistic but I've got a feeling they could be in the game for a half but the level Tottenham were at and the level at, I think
3: the back four is capable sorry for, I think the back four is capable I think Barry and just a guy are. but I don't <coughs> think the players like Ross Kevin Morales Gerard Derefeu them types of players they haven't got it to do it in them for
2: 90 minutes just looking back on on, yeah. the, on Friday um, you know there were a couple of players whose performances wanted to touch on Gav Tom Cleverley was obviously a surprise inclusion, really. Did he do enough to justify that for you? Um, oh, Good question.
1: He, uh, you see why, because obviously he probably needed to protect Oviedo a little bit more than what well, Marlas does. Um, and especially with Sahar playing, he's quite a dangerous player, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, wide, wide right? Uh, from a defensive point of view, I think he did OK, and that was reflected to the fact that Oviedo I thought we had a half-decent mm. game. Um so I think defensively he did. But goes back to what you're saying at the start of the the podcast, really, what do you want from a home game against Palace? You know, do you want to win or is one all the good results and your boo? So defensively, yeah, probably did the job. And for that reason I'd say, yeah, he's okay. But not, I don't think that's his supposition is it?
2: No, I think I think you're right. I think okay summed it up. He didn't certainly he was solid, he did a tactical job of what he was asked by Kerman, but it's obvious Everton are lacking something in midfield and then further up in the final third. So what do you make of Balassi operating as a bit of a second forward? Some people will say he's better on the wing. What, What's your take on
3: it? I, I think at home it won't work. I think away from home when you've got a nice bigger pitch than what Everton have got, I think if you're away at the Emirates or Old Trafford or anywhere else like that, even at City away, I think you'll get away with it where you can just leave them on the halfway line and you can hit them. But at home, it, it doesn't work. You can you can get smothered at home, and I think Balassi's is more of a threat on, on the on the wide, on the wide situation. So for me, Balassi at home, throw him on the wing away from home up front.
0: I I fully agree. Um, I think that was I can understand why Ronald went with them two up front. He probably went. He said obviously we need to be more compact, and so he thought well, between them they can they're strong enough to hold the ball up. They're quick. They're powerful. But the problem was, as you say. Yannick is best when he's on the wing and he's one on one and he can stand up the full back and skin him that's where he comes alive that's <laughs> yeah. that's you know obviously Steve Walsh has talked about he gets up the pitch but he gets you up the pitch by doing that stretching defences mm. that way he doesn't get you up the pitch by getting the ball turning and having three or four defenders around him in the middle of the middle of the middle of, of of their half that's not that's not where he's comfortable is it that's mm. not where we're going to get the best out of him and again we are a broken a broken record a broken podcast there's no natural support to Rom. Is that there? there's no natural number two striker at the minute? Obviously, if let, you know, Time will tell with Enna Valencia, but obviously it was. I don't know. It's early days, but perhaps telling that Ronald didn't. Did he, did he bring him on? Did he? Did he bring him off the bench? No, no. So again, it's a, it's it's obviously well, it is not obviously about. It's an area of concern. It's an area that we we don't have enough strength and depth. And I agreed. So if we went away to the Etihad and played that. Yeah, we played Yannick mm-hmm. next to Rob and said, "Well, look, you just sit on the halfway line when we, we're defending, and we all just launch it to you
3: when we get the ball." Perfect. I think it was in evidence against um, Sunderland away, wasn't it? Yeah. And we just hitting them on the break. Yeah. Nice big pitch, yeah. Fellasy. I think West Brom away as well. We just hitting them on the break. You stay near to Rob. You, you would, you would, sorry, you, to, you would say, um, you would say that Kevin Morales
0: on paper has the ability to be that second striker, but once again, I'm left got the for me. No, it? I don't think his attitude's... It, 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 actually, the attitude's been very good this season. I think he you know, shifted weight. He looks like he wants to depress. He doesn't do it consistently, but he looks like he wants to. But my problem is, he, he doesn't offer enough. He still does not consistently offer enough with the ball. And Dude. that frustrates the hell out of me, because he can do it. Look what he did at West Brom. Brilliant. But well, we're not yeah. seeing it enough, That's what I we mean. We're,
2: That's what we're, mean. Going to, yeah, we're going to sound like broken records, because, again, the fact he didn't use any Valencia makes me feel, until January, this, it's the failings hard, of the summer, are going to be star, staring us in the face, and I've got fairly thin patience with that, because it was obvious what they needed in the summer, now for one reason or another I know, Cumin coming in late, Steve Walsh not starting the, you know, not, not having a body of work done at Everton beforehand, problems over Sissoko who they chased like mad on the last day.
0: Perez, of course. Perez,
2: yeah. yeah. Things didn't go the way, didn't get the rub of the green, but they had to grasp for Lenci at the last. I'm just uncomfortable seeing someone who come in like Balassi for, you know, a deal worth up to one day th- maybe 30 million quid. Yeah. It feels like <laughs> the way Everton used to do things, where they used to buy a, a player to play in one position, realised they'd rent, they were a bit mm. short somewhere else, and forced them to play up front. January I mean, can't come soon enough yeah, for me.
1: But I, well, I think you made the point. I think Greg, like on Friday in the piece after the game, that. Uh, this is not just a problem for this season, it's been going on probably three or four years. Like you said, since Lukaku's joined the club, how many different players have played in that support role yeah. behind him, you know, Kone, did yeah. last yeah. season, Morales has played, Ross played in the first season, didn't he? Ross has played yeah. again. Yeah. So there's you know, in three years Strong's probably had four or five players playing behind him mm. and we've yeah. not really got that that <laughs> blend right. And, and and I think that's the issue, isn't it?
0: Do you think it's a problem unique to Everton, or is it a problem across the, the Premier League in the market in terms of, you know, people say, take Rom out of the Everton team on Friday night, where's the goals coming from? You probably say the same about Palace, I and mean, would you probably you say the same about a lot of teams? You know, where's you know where is it? A, is it a problem in the market that there aren't those players around,
3: or that there's a premium on them that puts teams off? I don't know. No, I think the teams that are you look at the teams that are we're trying to be up there with. You've got like Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea. You know, they've got the forward line I and they? they've mm. got players who can. Like, I think Chelsea, for instance, Hazard, Costa, they're getting 10, 15, that's 20 it, goals yeah. a season. But actually, we, they've all got a blend. Liverpool have got a couple of strikers. Manchester United have got them. City have got them.
2: Yeah. Everton. Why do you think Arsenal came in and took Perez yeah. off us? The they've all yeah, got them. No, you've yeah. just,
3: you've just, I agree with what you said then. You, you mentioned Crystal Palace. I don't want to be mentioned with Crystal Palace. Well, yeah, I, no, I want yeah. to be mentioned yeah. with Arsenal and yeah. Chelsea yeah. and Manchester City. And we need that's, that's two or three forwards. Not just one, we need two or yeah. three. Because when you see these teams... I think even Crystal Palace on, on Friday, we were looking at our bench. We had Tom Davis on it, which I, I wanted to get a game. But you're looking at a from and it was quite thin. They had Cabaye on the bench, ready to bring mm, on there. Yeah. Can't even get the game. i not being funny. He'd be starting for us, Cabaye. And actually, they've got Loic Remy with him. Yeah. It so it tells you the, the, the difference. They did have a good
1: bench. Yeah. We just for a couple of years, it's not just the play behind Romano. It's that three, and it's, it's not where It's, it's, been, it's been it's been starkly put into. Sort of um, you know, in the shot window this this season, because he's worked so much on the defence. It's sort of we have got a bit better at the back, but that's been at a cost, hasn't it? That the three and three in front mm. are made have been made up a bit more vulnerable. Mm. Yeah, last season I, when we had a bit, we were going forward a little bit more, and our four backs were four backs were bombing on.
0: I suppose if you're Ronald though, and you've come in and you've gone right, where have I got without question got to sort out? Yeah. Got to sort out the defence mm. and, and the protection of the back four. So, so second room. second best defence in the league as we sit here. So you've got to say, well, he's he is sorted or he's in the process of sorting that out. So we, I guess in that respect, I don't you know, playing devil's advocate. Can we be that critical of him? Not maybe focusing too much on the front three area at this time. Has he gone? Look, it's it's a two year project. It's a four window project. I've got to sort out the defence, otherwise, yeah. we're not going to get
1: anywhere. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think you're right. But actually, I think the criticism actually, those three or four players that we're talking about, isn't there? Yeah. Are they? How many of them, you know, you told, you know, Morales, Dale Fayou, Barkley, throwing Valencia into the mix, Balassi? How, how many of them at the moment have, yeah. are, are doing well? Not doing well. You know, well. Balassi is Balassi, isn't he? Yeah. I think. I, I, like, I like the fact that he's a bit inconsistent because I think you need that in the Premier League because people are scouted out, are and sort of analysed you know, to the yeah. end of the day. I think somebody who gives you a little bit different that you don't yeah. know what he's going to do is actually an asset. And yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy for him to be in and out of games or being consistent. Do, do you need Mr. Consistent on the other side then? Then perhaps, yeah. yeah. Or down the middle. middle um, yeah. And we've got, and that's the problem, we've got three or four players who are by nature a little bit inconsistent, aren't they? Morales yeah. has always been like that, in and out. See the fails in and out, isn't he? Yeah. Ross, unfortunately, at the moment, is more out than in. How, um, how long
3: can sorry, Gav, how long can Ross stay in this team? I know we've, I know I've done about it too long, but how can he keep on with these performances and keep staying in the team? Now I heard someone say, "Oh, he created seven chances more than anyone else on the pitch." Saturday "On Friday night, well, they were all set pieces, so you can't just have they were all set pieces, crosses in the box. That's how we created them chances from dead ball situations." Now he's done nothing again, now everyone wants him to do well, but you can't justify him being in a team and it's difficult, it's difficult to say because he's actually in Everton, he's a scout and everything else, yeah. but he
2: can't do it. what well, yeah, yeah, well, gets us back to where we're saying about the lack of recruitment in the summer, mm-hmm. who's taking his like, place?
3: That's what I mean, my dad was saying to me, you need in the
2: other 23s, I don't and I said, who fought that? And then he's
3: going, there's no one else and this is the problem. He isn't. There's no, there's no one to replace Kevin. Kevin Ralls and Jerry, to, to you a are battling for that shirt. Not one of them are, are pulling the stripe out for it. And then you've got well, Ross who's playing behind yeah. um, Lukaku. Ross has basically got a shirt every week whether he likes it or not. And it's it's sad because they know they're getting a They they're in there. So was that part of
0: on some level even though Ross played. so that's partly why Ronald maybe wanted to play Yannick closer to Ron for maybe thinking well. I'm going to have to find a solution, yeah. to some description and yeah. what I, I
1: don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if McCarthy came back, you could you could play like sort of 4-3-3, three, three, couldn't you, with mm. McCarthy, yeah. a guy, and, and Barry, and so guys get further up the pitch, and then just play, mm. with the player side side say, Morales and Balassi, something like that, you know, because that's what i probably did if McCarthy was fit, that's City, but I don't know if it's going to be no. the case. You know, he's, he's played M3 and so, tell guys to get further up the pitch, because they're obviously really capable of doing that, yeah, and yeah. I have McCarthy and Barry. Stop City at source, if yeah, you like. Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. that's what I'd say. I wouldn't play three-five-two 5 two at City, because they play really wide, don't they? Mm. and then you're really vulnerable with three centre-halves, and yeah. you've got your two four-backs playing further up the pitch. I play 4 3, three at, at City, and like camp that space in front of the, your back four where Silver plays, you know, that's, yeah. what, that's what I'd say. And keep your, keep your four-backs wide. But going back to the point, uh, maybe that's one of the options is don't play three behinds, Ron. Play two, but have three up. Play, play, uh, play in front of your back four and, and tell mm. uh, guys to get further up the pitch, um, because it's just it's just not working at the moment, and we just need something a, a little bit different. And and to be fair to to Ronald, because him out, yeah. we call him that, We can't have that, Ronnie, serve, Yeah, Ronnie. Me. He has shown himself as on Friday to be prepared to think it out from yeah. game to the game, and he's not—he's not—he's not like totally like addicted to the four-two-three-one 3 no, one no! And I think maybe that's it. hes is about it a bit differently. Where you're not playing three behind, you're not playing two.
3: One player's recent performances, who I've been highly critical of as well, I'd like to talk, um, have a debate about. him, is Seamus Coleman. I think a game for me on Friday, his final ball was terrible. I think defensively he was quite shocking as well at times in the game. can we see a reason behind his current form or anything? There's no injuries or nothing, is there? Is, I, is there any? I think if we look at Seamus objectively,
0: sorry, you know, taking a step back from it and, and, and not with no oh, he's Seamus Coleman, sixty grand, what a mm. fine, what a buy. He's always had I'll say issues, but he's always had a lacking with the ball, hasn't he? Mm. You know, he had that season where he scored five, six goals. Mm. And that was a real kind of high moment. In other words, he's not consistently able to deliver a good cross. But maybe that's ultimately why, um, you know, we were able to get him for sixty grand, because, because the other people went, well, he's not good enough for Arsenal because he can't deliver a cross. He's not good enough for Manchester United because he's not good enough on the ball. But we we took a chance and thought we could create a Premier League. We have done. He's been terrific. You know, I think defensively he's, he's underrated. I think he's great running with the ball, mm. but it's what he does with it. is is difficult to kind of say he's consistent. With and group. yeah, I never thought
2: I'd say this, but I think in order to, to turn into a Champions League level club, I actually think that long term we need to be sorry even mid to, mid to short term, yeah, yeah. you sort of need to be looking at right back. because well, in the final third, time and time and time again is too inconsistent. But it's not just that, Greg. It's recent defensive you performances think, uh, for me. Yeah, okay. Jordan Ivey took him the cleaners last
3: week against Bournemouth. And I, I know he had no chance at the goal, but surely he should be calling for help if Ben Techey's playing on him all the time on, on Friday. He should be screaming, I'm getting out jumped here. And it was continually, a pat was happening. Jordan Ivey took him the cleaners against Bournemouth. He's just pinning him back, pinning him back. I think he, he needs another... And I'm not just singling... I just want to go on record as if I'm not singling Ross out. I'm going for Coleman as well because he needs to book up as well. I'm not sure. I think he's been
1: better this year than last year. Um, hmm. I saw something over the weekend, somebody saying, oh, he doesn't get in the box anymore and stuff. Well, he did that against Porter, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I think his problem is a bit like Barkley. It's his decision making when he gets in and around the area. So many times he gets in a good position on the right hand side, you know, going into the penalty area, and he's just saying, put it across and he delays it. And, and how many times you see him hit the ball and it goes out to, for the corner yeah. or something like that because he's delayed too long, and he's allowed the defenders to come in. Um, and I, 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 I you do feel a little bit unfair because the size probably cost you sixty thousand pounds. But I know what I know Craig's saying. Mm. And you know, you're looking at Holgate aren't you? who's, mm. who's um, It's interesting most, with it's where the whether
0: Holgate long term wants to be a centre half though, doesn't he? So it's again, does he have the quality on the ball to be you know, but it's obviously, you know, Cooman tried to get in Cuco Martina from Southampton. He yeah. wants competition for that place. It's obviously yeah. is it is an area that he knows he needs to you know to to, to put some put some pressure on Seamus.
3: I'm stating the obvious here, Phil, but we have an <laughs> art <laughs> <laughs> we're we an missing Leighton Baines, aren't we?
0: Yeah, but right and then, look, let's be let's be fair, Oviedo improved. But thought, thought he, he surprised would me because and I think it was I think with Oviedo look, he's nowhere near as good as Leighton. I think he's Fairly dependable backup, but it's 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 the nuances and the and and, and, and the system now, isn't it? It's mm. it's about pressing, knowing when to press, when to drop off, and he clearly at Bournemouth he was nowhere near up to speed. He was better on Friday, but he doesn't offer as much as Leighton in every area, does he? So that's the concern, isn't it? That we mm. that we that we lose Leighton, and that the backup isn't immediately there, ready, knows the script, knows how to play the system, and it's. And it's no problem you can you know you can cope without yeah, him but
1: yeah it's a fair, I think it's a fair point so we've got to say about Oviedo and finish you had the horrible engine he didn't you, a couple of years yeah. ago which i think but i know you've done something today about galloway Whether mm. you know in, in the context of what we're talking about whether the wisdom of sending galloway on loan um it didn't add up for me at the time
3: but Phil, what's your view i, mean, I what think was, what
1: was the uh, rationale
0: do you know again I, I think it's a little bit similar to holgate i think they've looked at it and gone look Galloway, long-term, is a centre-half. So we're going to start treating him like a centre-half. You're not going to get in at centre-half at Everton this season. So we're going to look... to. We want you to play. We don't want you to just sit in the 23s. We want you to play Premier League football. West Brom will take you. Yes, they'll play you as a left-back. But is that is that a better situation for everybody involved, including the lad, to be playing Premier League football or be in the position that long-term you won't be rather than playing centre-half at 23 level? They've obviously decided it is.
1: But the downside for that as a us is that I mean Lane's becoming a little bit more injury prone, hasn't he? He's thirty two in December. Because of his nature of his game over the years where he's you know, he's a lot relies a lot on pace and you know movements. He's you know, probably catches up with you at some point, you know he's naturally fit lad. That means that having done that, we're bringing in somebody's is perhaps were weakening the team perhaps mm. a little bit more than if Galloway who's experienced he had a lot of experience last year didn't he you know, and it's I suppose it's the balancing off the two I mean i looking back on it now I, I thought I could see why he wanted Galloway to go mm. but looking back on it I don't know what you think so well, I, 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 th- I think I think now think Max well, maybe he should
3: have stayed he, he must regret it now I think cause we've had cup games ready because of easily plays as well I and mean, against Norwich you can have a run out in there and you I, I, I like Galloway. I thought he'd done well last season when he came in for Leighton Beans. Yeah. But I think he's been shortchanged changed there by going to West Brom. I can see the logic behind it. But I think it will probably be a good test for him because he's going to be playing under Pulis, who is so defensive-minded, isn't he? So he's going to learn a lot even yes. more yeah. Yeah. playing under that type of manager. Really. He probably wouldn't under and He'd probably learn a lot more defensive duties under there and Pulis. So I think that, that'll probably stand the, him in good stead. Ar- the irony
0: of, of, this, of the whole Galloway situation is that Start of the summer, we had too many left backs, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, we did and Coomer said we were overloaded in left back, and now Leighton gets injured, Oviedo's a little bit iffy, and we're going, You don't have enough.
3: Yeah, but well, he, he brought Funes Mori there on to play on, and Francis, he can do a job at least. I wouldn't mm. solely rely on him, I think he only brought him on because Palace is high threat. Mm. That, that was that was a concern, obviously, which shows he was astute in that. But Phil, we, I asked the fans outside after the um, whistle, and I said, Listen, after the six or seven games that we played. Would you have you have taken this start to the season? Your take on? Yeah, I think you've got to two mm. points, average of two points a
0: game. That's that's you know that's really good form, yeah. isn't it? Look, we've played teams that you know we would be expecting to have beaten, and we have done. But you know, we've got a good point against Spurs, set back a Bournemouth, of course, and tougher tests are going to come. But you know, the, we're feeling our way in, mm. aren't we? And so, t- to get positive results whilst doing that um is encouraging and, and you know and you think you know think you've got to think about what what it's gonna be like in three or four months to five months time maybe in the back end of the season and Ronald's really had time to get them, he's had a second window, he's had more time with his players. I, I, I hope and I might be wrong and I'm not nothing based on particular sort of scientific, but I think that I can just I can just feel especially what he did at Southampton. Mm. That the longer it goes on, the longer he's got with them, the better we'll become, and the more consistent we'll become. We'll probably finish strongly. Yeah, I, I agree, because I think Southampton finished stronger last mm. season.
3: I think Southampton went to Tottenham and beat them right. towards the end of last season, yeah. so that that wouldn't that just shows you what, what what they can do. I think they've won 5-3-1 I think last season.
1: I think Cayman's only lost one of his last 14 Premier League games. Right. Like that mm. was the game of Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I Your agree. take
3: on the season, Gav, so far? Uh, I,
1: I, from the points perspective, there's the, the two angles to me: the, the playing side and the generally the strategy side. as all you would have to say from the playing side I'd like, "Yeah, agree 14 points." Um, although he did laugh on Friday when I think he was asked wasn't the press conference, "If mm. you he you'd he, he he be higher." And he'd be <laughs> but I could see what the by the because yeah, yeah, actually yeah. you've dropped five points in yes. two games against Bournemouth yeah. away and Palace at home, and mm. actually only thinking you get maybe four points in those two games, not one. So we'll yeah. see what yeah. that. And I think that was maybe behind some of the booing on on, 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 on Friday Friday night.
3: The sorry, got teams are raving over City, Liverpool, and, Man- uh, and Tottenham at the moment. A
1: couple of points behind that. Yeah, I know that, that's it. But I think what, and that's fine. That goes back to from the points perspective. Five from the performance perspective. Okay, I don't think we've come out playing. You know, total football or playing like the Duts in the mid seventies. You know, but we we. we, we he made an important point, I think like I said to you, Phil, after the after the game. I think he said I think he said someone along the lines we've not stole any points mm. this mm. season. I think he was looking at from the positive angle from the fact that actually we've we've worked very hard to get every point and we deserve it all. Yeah. The downside to that, which I think Kevin Ackler said on Friday, mm. I think he yes, said in, in the, yeah, the, yeah. the echo yesterday, downside to that is actually so what you're saying is you don't think you you can in a position yet where you can put in a, a sort of blow power performance and still nick a yeah. still nick a point, and I think that was quite an, a, an illuminating uh, mm. comment.
3: I think sorry, Gavin, I think that's what Tottenham have done so well this season, haven't he? I think he got a point at Goodison. He got a point against Liverpool, but they didn't play well. Yeah. But he got points when they, I don't think Everton have got that in the locker. Yeah, yeah, from from behind from behind the both games, yeah. And I think
1: I think that's right, but. That's just, I think, because of the way the team develops. But I think the thing is, is that you can see that he's thinking about the team. He's having time to see who's good and not good. He's mm. changed a few things and i changed a few things around during the game. And I think that's the encouraging bit for me. It's not just that it's four two three one. Yeah. And we're playing this every week and like it doesn't wear. But we're still doing it. And and
0: and, and at risk of and I don't want anybody to think that suddenly I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to become a West Brom. But I think from from get from speaking to Ronald the time I have and the time I spent with him and watching the team so far I think he's very much of a mindset is we'll do fairly well this season if we just make ourselves hard to beat him. Yeah, and indeed. people don't really want to hear that about Premier League football it's about expansive football it's about scoring goals no if you're hard to beat you know look at Southampton's defensive record in, in his first season it was tremendous yeah. you know and he, that is a huge thing that he will place value in and it doesn't. he's trying to sell that. Yeah. It's not an easy sell. But at the end of the season, if we finish sixth or seventh and we've qualified for the Europa League, and we haven't scored 65, 70
3: goals, but we haven't conceded many yeah. either, you think, sh- know, everybody's I happy. One thing I've been alerted to in his press conferences straight after the game is he's coming on and he's saying we, the team didn't have that many shots on target. they only had one shot on target. they had no shots on target. And he's laser to it, right. like after every single game, he will touch on how many strikes on goal the opponents has. So he's, yeah. he's probably saying, listen, if we can stop goals, yeah. fighting us, we're going to win
0: games. Best and win and I, know that's, I know that's the Tony Pulis mentality.
3: But we've got a 20-goal season, man, on the team. Exactly. So you've got exactly. a chance, man. We've got better players, it, yeah. yeah. That's it.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, Greg, I was, I was, from a historical perspective, just thinking on the way up, and maybe this is to discuss another day, but, at the moment, it yeah. reminds me very much of Moises' first season in two thousand two three, where the ground out results, you know, yeah. they, they got fifty nine points, but every game was one 0 or two one, yeah. and they had to work really, really hard. Every when game, we finished fourth that season, we when we finished seventh, oh, yes I, think, sir, I yeah. think we were like sort of third or fourth a lot of the season and tailed off near the end because I think we just ran out of steam, yeah. yeah. and I think um, we that whole season we got what we deserved we 100% every game and this has a similar feel to me Abby. we've got better players that I think hopefully as you said Phil later on in the year we can kick on rather than like under yeah. boys we uh, we went downhill yeah. but at this moment in time it feels very much like September, October 2002 where we were winning games 1-0 yeah. not conceding but not offering a lot at the other end
0: either mm. but given, given what Goodison has gone through and it goes back to the Fan feel about games at the start of of the podcast. If you if you're turning up to Goodison, it comes to February March and you know you absolutely can bank on Everton home performance. Really solid. There'll be a, there'll be dangerous, you know, from set pieces and there'll be there'll be a threat. But they'll they will be very very difficult to break down. I think you're going
3: to Goodison confident, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I think one, one fan spoke to me after the whistle on Friday. and He made a great point. He said last season. It become a chore to come the match. Yeah. Now I'm looking forward to it. And that tells you everything about Ronald Koeman's Everton this season. Excellent.
0: Lovely stuff. Well, we'll uh, reconvene later in the week, obviously, the international break, but still plenty of talk about with the Blues. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you again soon.